Welcome. Listen to this next Agile Vocalist podcast. One of our mottos has been all faiths in harmony. And there's a reason for that. You know, when you're seeing social interaction, social, you know, like we, we sing together and we, we create oneness when we do it. That's right. And we, we have, we agree to disagree about all kinds of things, but boy, we, when we're singing, you, you get prepared and then you have to let go and you have to listen to the people around you when you're in the choir. Mary Ford has been a vocal performer for 45 years. Her work has been a cappella as an accompanied soloist and most recently as a member of the Left Coast Sextet, an all-women's jazz ensemble. She's sung for 34 years with Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir. Mary is a mother, spouse, retired psychologist, and body worker, as well as an active artist, writer, and adventurer. She works with several local nonprofits as an advisor, teacher, and donor activist, and she's dead serious about economic and racial justice. Mary is a boogie boarder and rabidly competitive about pickleball. So I'd love for the folks listening and watching, um, tell us about your, how you got your roots in singing, um, how you found out you loved it, and um, your love of sound and performance. It's funny, I, I hadn't thought of it until you said that, but I, I, I've been singing my whole life. I've been singing, I sang songs in camp and then I would go home and I would sing and I would sing in the car. I drove my family insane because I sang all the time. I, they couldn't stop me, we'd go on trips. I'd be singing, singing, singing. Um, and then I actually just realized that I, I went to Catholic school, Mary Catherine Ford is my name. And um, got Catholic. Um, I heard up with people, and I, I had, I was utterly thrilled, and I, I was so thrilled to see all these people up there being so happy and friendly. And oh, I still know those songs uh, just from that one show they did in the high school auditorium when I was in elementary school. So anyway, so Fun. that's how it started. And then in second grade, Sister Pius realized that I could sing and she had me sing the Bulula Lao at the um, Christmas concert. And I was terrified and warbled through it. And then the rest is history. No, um, I sang, you know, I sang in Glee Club and I went to National Cathedral School and I sang in the Madrigals there and I went to college and I sang in cafes and I found out about Joni Mitchell and I learned dulcimer and I sang songs and I performed. I performed then. I, I moved to California when I was 19. Okay. And, uh, I sang in uh, at coffee houses. I sang on the street. I sang anywhere I could sing and and somebody noticed me at that and put me into a band and taught me how to sing jazz and I did that and then I was in a bluegrass band. So I want to preface the the choir stuff a little bit with yeah um 
what a lot of people may not know is that there's been extensive research done that singing makes you happier. It helps stabilize mental health. It helps you maintain a level of balance and or improve. Um, there's even been some research that I'll link to in the liner notes that shows that music uh, evolved in service to group living and that it's innately connected to basic human social drives. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about with your background as a psychologist in how you've seen that come to fruition with people you've worked with over the years and both for yourself, but anyone you worked with, how, how did music affect them or what, what, it, what did you observe? Yeah, well, you know, I, I, one of the things I love about the, you know, it's, uh, it's like everyone knows music is, the singing is wonderful for you, but now we have proof. So yay. Yay. Um, literally it acts as a bellows on your ribs in a way where you are pumping your lymphatic system. So you, you're increasing your lymphatic flow as well as airflow. You know, you're moving your body in a way that you, you can't fully control, which seems to be the goal of most things these days. And <laughs> this ends up being the, the antidote to a lot of that. Um, right. It is, you know, you, you can learn about music, you can learn music, you can learn music theory, you can learn songs, etc. But, you know, the bottom line is, is that you learn all this stuff. And then when you're really singing, you're letting go. Because if you are really singing hard, um, you are trying to control your throat and your jaw and so forth. And you are not going to get your spirit out in it in the same way if you're trying to control it that much. So you it's getting all prepared and then it's actually having to let go like so many other things in life. So yes. let's lead with that into um, Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir, which for short acronym purposes is OIGC. Yeah. Um, in case I say that, <laughs> um, your journey started over 30 years ago. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll make a long story short and say I, I got married in 1988 and I was in a shipwreck on my honeymoon. And uh, a lot of things changed after that because we almost died. Seriously. And wow. uh, uh, I was kind of wandering around in a daze and I had a year and a half of surgeries and um, all kinds of things that happened to me. And one of the things that happened is um, uh, it was, Jesse Jackson was running for president and I went to a, a fundraiser and I heard the Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir Ensemble. And nice. I went, that is what I want to do. Oh! 
became a soloist after that. And then about eight years in, I became, I started being into leadership and on the board. And um, we travel, we travel to um, Israel and um, Australia. Well, we've gone a lot of places in the country, you know, and we get to sing together. And I'm with people who are, I might not know in other ways. You know, there's every faith, every color, every sexual orientation, every uh, economic background or status, uh, and lots of other things that I know and don't know about people. And we all sing, and that's the main thing we do together. And we we embody that when we sing. I mean, we sing really well, I said humbly, um, but we we manifest on stage as with what we're doing with the love that we feel and the the joy that we feel in when we're honoring black baptist gospel music which is what we're doing not only black baptist but black gospel music and spirituals nice it sounds like you know being with people is really these people in particular that you've rehearsed with and you're ultimately performing with gets you really excited um is music essential experience for you? And what do you do to get pumped up before a concert besides show up? Mm. <laughs> Is it a, it's a spiritual thing for sure. And certainly the choir reinforces that big time. But, you know, I sing, I've, I've sung for years. I sing a cappella. I love singing a cappella as well. And I, I sing it, I sang at a lot of women's conferences over the years and, um, uh, it's very meaningful to me to be doing that um and it releases me and it when i'm at my best with it i and that's how i actually try and prepare myself and i i had one teacher molly holmes you guys a lot of would know her um she helped me a lot with uh when i am preparing i actually don't need any help pumping up i need help <laughs> I'm pumping up, um, you know, like calming down and not getting into that place about it. And uh, she was very good about helping, reminding me. And, and we do it in the choir. We always do a circle before we sing. Yeah. We, we, we have sort of a chant almost we do together about bringing love. Um, yeah. And what Molly always was talking about is, Big, long breaths in, big breaths out, long ones. Keep doing that, keep doing that, keep doing that. Don't be coughing. You know, if you have, you swallow if you need to, you know, that kind of thing. Uh -huh. And the other part is to remember it's not about you. That oh, I, for me, more about that. Yeah. yeah. For me, and it's I am a vessel at some point. I'm a messenger. Okay. And that, you know, uh, I feel that way. It, it, uh, you know, it, I don't want it to seem like it's just a trick. But really, when I'm doing it, I do feel like a servant uh, in a cool way. Um, that I'm, I'm, I'm bringing something into the world. You uh -huh. know, I'm a midwife or something like that. That I'm, I'm, I'm bringing something. And, and in the process of it, I'm transforming myself. I mean, I've sung for thousands of people um, at a time. And 
that is just, you know, right. A, a huge thing. And it's not just like, wow, yeah, now they know how good I am. It's, oh my goodness, we have just gone into this place together and I feel it. And then I, and I, when that happens, I am incredibly vulnerable and I'm bringing it and, and, and I'm very prepared too. (laughs) So that when I'm, when I'm taken over by that, my body knows how to go ahead and sing and, and produce, you know, so that I can let spirit take me. Mary and I met through an organization called Casadero Performing Arts Family Camp. In this segment, we talk about sounds at camp, or lack thereof. How does CAS and getting away for a week to CAS and, you know, not having Wi-Fi and not being able to be electronically connected? Um, And having a nap tear period where no one in the camp is allowed to talk. Oh, yes. The quiet period. Yes. Big deal. I mean, none of us like to do it, but boy, you better do it because you are going to get talked to if you don't. (laughs) That is magic. And not just for those kids. Believe me, I've ta- I started taking naps when I'd never had naps before. You uh, know, yeah. Quiet, and I wasn't allowed to blah blah. You know, yeah. Blahing, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, so it's an amazing people, community of people. Um, yeah. So for um, people who don't know, there's there's two classes in the morning. There's lunch where you get breakfast. You can get a breakfast at any time. Two classes in the morning. You have lunch. Then you have quiet time, which is what you're talking about. And then that's followed by free time. And then you finish the day with two more classes. And then at night, there's a variety of activities and dances and performances and shows that culminate. And during during free time, there's actually an open mic. That's right. Go to. And if you're just working on something, you can go up and play a piece of it or or not. Or you and somebody else say, let's do that song. And you go and do that. And, uh, uh, it's a beautifully uh, supportive uh, situation where people know each other. And I mean, I, I joke about it, but, you know, it's like dare to suck is one of the mottos we have. It's like, go ahead, just yeah. do it. Everybody's going to love you. Yeah. It's fine to be doing that. And so you, you get over some of that, the um, performance business. What does singing, what does sound do for adults? Well, you know, as you know, I mean, it can feel very intimidating to start up if you haven't done it before, you know, uh, but it, it, it gives you back your childhood. <laughs> it gives you back childhood in the present, right? It, it's, it means uh, if you can get over that hump of, oh my goodness, I'm at the bottom of the ladder again, which it is, it's hard to do. It's hard to get, have a new job that way too, or a new profession or, and so forth. And it's the same with music because music, oh boy, it can be really humbling. I mean, you can sing and sing any old time, but if you're doing, doing music, you know, it's, it can, it can feel intimidating. And my gosh, I mean, singing, you know, uh, thank God there's a lot of supportive, um, sort of, uh, singing shows now where people are nice, but you know, (laughs) the amount of humiliation so many people feel about, about singing, (sighs) it's just such a sin that that happened. Um, 
because yeah. singing can be uh, I'm now I'm going off topic a little there, but no, it's I, good. I, I, it's got good. Got a little soapbox there for a minute. Um, for for adults, it means you can you can go back and be let go. It, you know, lose that identity, lose the thing that you've got to do in the next hour, lose lose thinking you know what needs to happen. One of the things that happened um, at Casadero after I was there a few years and became more and more comfortable and felt safer and safer, um, I, I ended up doing this 15 second skit one time with this person. This is me dressed as opera lady. And uh, she's holding up her uh, brassiere right there, the pointy brassiere thing. And she has a, uh, had a swan with her most of the time as well. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, a plastic swan, of course. And uh, she, she was iconic and she was very meaningful because she, she, there was a huge buildup for her to come on stage and sing. And then she never actually ever sang. And she was, she was on stage eight years in a row and something would happen. And so, and it was really, it had to do with me sort of, it was unconscious at first, but basically my own anxieties about, about performing, right? So all this would happen. Then all of a sudden I'd run, I'd kind of run off stage and she, she had to, she was in prison for a while and she was in rehab and she, you know, she tried to adopt some kids, you know, the, you know, a la some people we know. Um, and, you know, the kid I had, I trained one of the kids at CAS to, you know, I, I, she came up to be adopted and she came up to me and kicked me in the shin and said, no way, you know, stuff like that, just crazy fun stuff. So anyway, uh, that, that was one of the, that was, beyond, I was terrified every year that I had to do this. And then I would write for four hours sometime during CAS. And then, then I would do this skit on, on the evening that's called, um, talent, what is it? Untalent show. Untalent show, right? You're supposed to do something that you're not good at. I will sing something that is, often attributed uh, as a Cherokee saying. Um, and sometimes I see Indian proverb or, you know, um, Native American. Um, and it's something I've sung on and off since I was in my twenties. And okay. it, it means something to me. Awesome. Yeah. <sighs> Here's the breath. When you were born, you cried, and the world rejoiced. Live your life so that when you die, the world cries and you rejoice. When you were born, you cried, and the world rejoiced. Live your life so that when you die, the world cries and you rejoice. Yeah, this is how I do applause in the Zoom era. Yay! I love the Zoom era. The your applause is in the email. <laughs> Thank you. That was inspiring. Be sure to listen again soon.
Agile Vocalist is created and produced by Rachel Medanik. Contributing editor and design artists include Amanda Whitesell, Daisy Owen, Sasha Brandt, Chloe Medanik-Watt. Podcast music theme by Looperman. With special thanks to my husband, Dave.